Hey, listeners, before we get started, if you're enjoying these episodes, you can actually check them out on YouTube in full video. You can just search Honest Ecommerce and you'll get pulled right to our channel. Make sure you subscribe and ring the bell for all the updates. We never looked at traffic. We never looked at conversion rates. All we looked at was, are we getting the orders out in full and on time? Are they arriving safely? And are people liking the products? Welcome to Honest Ecommerce, a podcast dedicated to cutting through the BS and finding actionable advice for online store owners. I'm your host, Chase Clymer, and I believe running a direct-to-consumer brand does not have to be complicated or a guessing game. On this podcast, we interview founders and experts who are putting in the work and creating real results. I also share my own insights from running our top Shopify consultancy, Electric Eye. We cut the fluff in favor of facts to help you grow your e-commerce business. Let's get on with the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Honesty Commerce. I'm your host, Chase Clymer. Today, I'm welcoming to the show the founder of Heatness, the world's most popular online destination for hot sauce with brick and mortar locations in NYC as well, which I've actually walked by. I haven't gone in. So I'm, I'll be honest about that. And I'll, I'll be going next time I'm in town. But welcoming the show today, Noah Schamberg. How are you doing? Chase, you got to come into the shops. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's one of those things where I see the logo and I was like, I know what that is, but I'm like way across the street doing something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think you're a little afraid that if you come in, we're going to make you try the last dab or something. I would 100% do that. I would, I would. I wish... You know what? I should have emailed you before this and said, send it to me. I'll do it on the show. And then, then you would have to talk for a minute. <laughs> well, reach under your chair, Chase. We got a surprise for you. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, so, so welcome to the show. Uh, I, I think a, a lot of our audience probably knows because you guys uh, just produce just amazing content. Uh, you, you guys are wonderful about that. And I can't wait to get in and talk a little bit more about that because it's just really curious to me. But where I like to start these is just take me back in time. What was going on in your life? Like where did this idea come from that you wanted to you know sell hot sauces on the internet? Uh, well, actually, when I first started, it wasn't about the internet at all. I started... Um, I've always loved hot sauce. And I came across this subculture of small batch makers. And it was all these people who were making hot sauce and selling it at farmers markets and things like that. And it might be somebody who's making awesome product, but you'd never find it if you were more than 20 miles away from where they were cooking it up um, because nothing was online. It was all just uh, local and small markets. Um, and I thought, geez, I wonder if there's an opportunity to bring some of these together. So I started uh, putting together a curated collection of them and launched here in Brooklyn with a push cart, actually. So I had a push cart in my apartment in Greenpoint and I'd bring it out and push it through the streets to different pop-up markets and concerts and things like that and sell hot sauce one bottle at a time and let people try before you buy and people just went nuts for it. Oh, that's fantastic. I have a lot of founders on here and they talk about you got to do things that don't scale. And that might be the per the most perfect example of like when you're getting a business started doing the things that don't scale, which is taking a cart full of hot sauce out there, letting people try it and just getting feedback. Yeah, I think, you know, a lot of people get wrapped up in their ideas and think that they need to go from zero to 100 with it. But I'm a big advocate of prove it first, you know, test it. <laughs> so here I was able to take, I built the push cart myself. It probably cost about three grand. Um, and I was able to see right there in the first night that yes, people are into this idea. I think we sold about a thousand dollars of hot sauce that first night. Oh, that's got to feel validating. You're like, this cart's a third of the way paid off. So it was, it was really that first night I was at a concert. Okay. And we're the other vendors and everything all set up. And when the doors open and the fans started coming in, just the first people right in the door pointed a finger and said, hot sauce. 
that's awesome. I was like, all right, there's something here. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. So how long did it take to go from cart bopping around all these events? Uh, was the next step online or was it going more towards a more traditional brick and mortar location? Yeah, the next step was online. So started the push cart in 2013 and then in 2014 launched online. And I, of course, still had you know, a nine to five corporate job. And I would wake up early in the morning and pack up e-com orders on my coffee table and walk by the post office on the way to work, put a handwritten note in each one, um, and then opened our first brick and mortar location in 2015. How long were you doing the uh, kind of dual personality, dual job kind of thing? Like actually still have your old job and you know doing this on the side before it really clicked that like, I got to go full time with this. It was the first few years. So I had the push cart for a couple of years and then had the store open here, but I was still consulting full time. Um, and then finally in December, 2016, I was able to say hot sauce is paying the rent. I never thought it would happen, but it's happened. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, that is amazing. So uh, let's talk about getting online. Obviously, when you are uh, going to events with your product and you know, obviously, like you had a more of an experiential thing going on with the tastings, it, it, definitely easy to get conversations started and to acquire customers, right? How did you, uh, you know, how did you get the customers online? That's a completely different realm. You can't really take your your cart to the metaverse just yet. <laughs> Digital cart. Um, no, thankfully, being here in NYC, you get a lot of people coming in from around the world. So there was a lot of people who were exposed to us and wanted to make a way for them to keep engaging with us after they went back to wherever they were from. Um, so for us, it was mostly back then social media, organic, and... Um, and yeah, and just uh, re-engaging with people that we had met in person. Online wasn't a big part of the business back then. Then slowly it took time and slowly ramped up and ramped up, and you know went from packing the orders on my coffee table once a week to then when we had the shop open, we'd take sometimes an hour at the end of the day to pack up orders on our shop table there. And then eventually we had to set up in our storeroom downstairs, a packing station and somebody would take the last few hours of the day to go down there and pack orders. And then I just remember it was, I think it was, yeah, the holidays 2016 where this, our back room was just so overwhelmed with packages and the mail carrier Reggie walked in to pick up, do our daily pickup. And he looked around the room and was just like, I'm going to need to get another truck. <laughs> and it was just like, wow, this is, this is working at last. <laughs> did, did you guys have to move into like a more traditional warehousing situation after that? Yeah. So we went from, we got our first warehouse up in uh, Greenpoint. So just uh, less than a mile from where the shop is. And we were looking, deciding between two warehouse spaces in the same building. Um, one was 500 square feet, which we thought was the perfect size for us. And the other one was about a thousand. But the second one, the suite number was 218 and 18 is my lucky number. So I said, let's go with that one. We'll have a little extra space, but maybe we can sublet some of it. Or we joked, if we ever get a pallet delivered, this is where we'll put it over here. And we thought that was the funniest thing. And uh, it was within... Um, it was less than three months from when we rented that space we thought was way too big that we went back and also rented the other space because we had overflowed the first one. <laughs> wow, that's a that's a great problem to have. So you guys obviously had a lot of success uh, 
on the online side of things over those couple of years, like moving all that product, you know, what would you say uh, where what were the best kind of investments of your time to really drive that traffic for the business? Uh, it was focusing on the product and the experience. So we didn't worry about growth at all back then. We just worried about how do we make the best product possible? How do we make an experience that lives up to the product? And then we'll let the customers do all the marketing for us. So we never looked at you know, growth metrics. We never looked at traffic. We never looked at conversion rates. All we looked at was, are we getting the orders out in full and on time? Are they arriving safely? And are people liking the products? Absolutely. And, and now you guys, one, you're producing your own products, but then you're also sourcing products that you believe that need a, a, a larger kind of scale and let people experience them. Yeah. Yeah. We um, are firm believers in better hot sauce. And that takes uh, a lot of different colors. And for us, that means things that we develop, things that our great friends and partners create. Um, yeah. We uh, we just we love all things spicy and flavor. And, and we just want to share that love with the world. And I couldn't agree more. Uh, you got some amazing hot sauces on your website. Uh, as he alluded to earlier, the last dab is uh, probably one of their most famous hot sauces. What, when, what year did you guys actually uh, get into producing hot sauces? Well, it was actually 2016 when we did our first um, collab one. It was uh, the shop had been open for well, it's coming up on the one-year anniversary, and we thought, wouldn't it be fun to create a sauce to mark the occasion? And we had just had our holiday dinner at a famous Szechuan Chinese restaurant here in New York, and they loaded us up on Szechuan peppercorns because they heard that we were the spice people, and for them, that meant Szechuan spice. Um, so we had an outrageous dinner, and we thought, wouldn't it be cool to use that experience and turn it into a hot sauce? So we partnered with our good friend Brody Dawson of Dawson's Hot Sauce and made what's called Heatiness Number One to celebrate the first anniversary of the shop being open. And the sauce was a total hit and remains so to this day. Um, but that was really the first time we put the Heatiness name on a label and really, you know, created something that had come from our brains. And and we thought, wow, there's really something to this. Here we are in New York City, exposed to a ton of great flavors. And we have thousands of people walking through the doors of the shop every year telling us exactly what they're looking for in a hot sauce. It's like, maybe we can put these two things together and come up with unique products. That was really the start of it. And uh, now I'd say probably about 90% of what we sell is exclusive to Heatmist. And with uh, launching your own products, um, you know, just I know from having previous guests on the show that anything, anytime you're dealing with a food product, there are, are a lot of hoops to jump through. Are you still using that same partner to this day? Dawson's? That yeah. Is, yeah, sure. They're, you know, great friends to this day. Their daughter who was born during the pandemic knows me as uncle Noah. Um, it's, yeah, this, you know, hot sauce is a community and it's a community of people that, uh, make this stuff and are just obsessed with growing the highest quality peppers and produce and getting in the kitchen with, you know, the gas mask on and cooking up the best products in the community, people that love eating it and who support, you know, everything that happens and people following their passion. So it's, um, you know, as I like to say, nobody gets into this business for the wrong reasons. Um, and it's, there's a whole lot of love going around. If you're struggling with scaling your sales, maybe Electric Eye can help. Our team has helped our clients generate millions of dollars in additional revenue through our unique brand scaling framework. 
You can learn more about our agency at electriceye.io. That's E-L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Y-E.io. Mesa is the expansion pack for your Shopify store to level up your brand. By turning all your apps into your business epicenter, Mesa can help lighten your workload and tame the day-to-day chaos of running your store. Join successful brands like Mudwater, Chubbies, and Golden to learn how to use clever workflows to get more done without more overhead. Whether you need to order details in Google Sheets, products added on Etsy, or customer information updated in your CRM, Mesa connects your data where it's needed most. To put it quite simply, Mesa is a better way to work. Browse pre-made templates for Shopify's most popular apps to get your first automation up and running in minutes. Search Mesa, that's M-E-S-A, in the Shopify App Store and download the app today. Is your store holiday ready? Now is the time to make sure you and your team are prepared for the busy season ahead. Gorgeous, an omni-channel help desk built for e-commerce has machine learning functionality that takes the pressure off small support teams and gives them the tools to manage a large number of inquiries at scale, especially during the holiday season. Gorgeous combines all your different communication channels like email, SMS, social media, live chat, and even phone into one platform and gives you an organized view of all your customer inquiries. Their powerful functionality can save your support team hours per day and makes managing customer orders a breeze. Merchants can close tickets faster than ever with the help of pre-written responses integrated with customer data to increase the overall efficiency of customer support. Their built-in automations also free up time for support agents to give better answers to complex product-related questions, providing next-level support, which helps increase sales, brand loyalty, and recognition. Eric Bandholtz, the founder of Beard Brand, says, We're a seven-figure business, and we have essentially one person on customer support and experience. It's impossible to do it without tools such as Gorgeous to help us innovate. Learn how to level up your customer support by speaking to their team. Visit gorgeous.grsm.io slash honest. Mention this podcast when you sign up to get two months free. That's G-O-R-G-I-A-S dot G-R-S-M dot I-O slash H-O-N-E-S-T. Today's show is sponsored by the Be Profit app for e-commerce sellers. If you're looking to get a crystal clear picture of your online store's profitability, the best way to do that is with the Be Profit Profit Tracker. Your online business probably has a ton of different expenses that often shift and change. What if you could keep accurate track of things like ad spend and production costs and get an accurate profit margin calculation without the headache of spreadsheets or half-baked apps? That's where Be Profit comes in. BeProfit lets you analyze all of your store's data quickly and accurately to stay on track and optimize your profits. I know a lot of our listeners out there probably keep track of their profits and expenses with a spreadsheet. That will work for a while, but as your store starts to scale up, that simply isn't a viable method of accurately measuring profitability anymore. BeProfit can change all of that for you. Available on Shopify and all the other top e-commerce platforms, the app offers advanced analytic tools to turn mountains of data into intuitive charts and graphs in the blink of an eye. Customize your dashboard, discover valuable insights, and zoom in on the metrics that matter most to you. Take it a step further and gain full control over your data by creating and exporting custom reports. You can even find out which are your most valuable products, top performing ads, best customer cohorts, and so much more with the Be Profit Profit Tracker. Visit beprofit.co today to start your seven-day trial. Don't forget to use code HONEST15, that's H-O-N-E-S-T-1-5, to get an exclusive 15% off any plan you choose for the lifetime of your plan. That's bprofit.co, discount code H-O-N-E-S-T-1-5. Getting an online business off the ground isn't easy. So if you find yourself working late, tackling a to-do list that's a mile long with your fifth cup of coffee by your side, remember... 
great email doesn't have to be complicated. That's what Klaviyo is for. It's the email and SMS platform built to help e-commerce brands earn more money by creating genuine customer relationships. Once you set up your free Klaviyo account, you can start sending beautiful branded messages in minutes thanks to drag and drop design templates and built-in guidance. And with e-commerce specific recommendations and insights, you can keep growing your business as you go. Get started with a free account at klaviyo.com slash honest. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash H-O-N-E-S-T. Now, um, I, I kind of address kind of like one of the reasons why most people know about Heatness, which is the, the Hot Ones show. You know, when, uh, how long was that kind of uh, on your guys' mind? And, you know, where'd that all come from? Well, Hot Ones was created by uh, Chris Schoenberger. And uh, Sean Evans there, uh, you know, had the idea for an interview show that would kind of break the mold. And sort of, it was Tony Yeo was the first guest where he Mm -hmm. was doing an interview at Complex where uh, they work. And and they said, hey, would you do this thing? And he said, yeah, sure. And sat down to interview Tony Yeo. And they were going to have a meeting, Spicy Wings. And he said, Tony said to Sean, hey, if I'm going to do this, you got to do it with me. And Sean said, okay. And that was the first episode. That's how Hot Ones was born. And they were probably about six or seven episodes deep when we got a call at the shop. And uh, it was uh, Chris who created Hot Ones and Sarah Honda, the producer, who said, hey, you know, we have this show. We got celebrities eating hot sauce. And we think it'd be really cool if we had our own hot sauce. And we went and checked it out. And they had, you know, 30,000 views or something at the time. We're like, this is actually really cool. There's something to this. And now... We've been partners for coming up on seven years. Absolutely, and and you guys have uh, keep reinventing the last dab with every every couple seasons. Yeah, we um, so uh, when we came out with the last dab, we knew it had to be something really special. And so I talked to my great friend uh, Smoking Ed Curry, who's in the Guinness Book of World Records for breeding the world's hottest peppers, and I said, "Look, we're working on something super cool with." It's our friends at Hot Ones. They do this awesome show. And I said, I know you've got something hotter than the Carolina Reaper. And I said, let's do it for this. And Ed was saw the vision right away and is, you know, become our most amazing partner. Um, and uh, yeah, so we came out with the Pepper X uh, in the last stab. It wasn't going to be called Pepper X at first, but when we were working on the labels, we needed to put the name down and Ed said, well, you know, their trademark folks are still working on the registering the name. I said, okay, we'll just put Pepper X as a placeholder for now. And we ended up going to print with that and uh, the name stuck. Oh, that's amazing. Now, um, for, you know, is there anything that you remember from kind of your, your history of growing this business, like any kind of mistakes that you made along the way that you might want to point out to any aspiring entrepreneurs out there to like potentially avoid or or help save them a headache? (laughs) Yeah, lots. We're going to need a whole nother uh, podcast for that. Um, (laughs) The number one I'd say is that uh, for me, I wish I had learned how to delegate more early on. I held the reins very close and, you know, as a creative endeavor, you can kind of understand, like, this was really my baby. Um, but I think I would have benefited from, you know, trusting more people with more stuff early on, because then I'd be good at it by now, <laughs> as opposed to still learning. 
Absolutely. Now, is there uh, anything that I forgot to ask you about that you think would resonate with the audience? Yeah, definitely. Logistics. Yeah. Any person who's actually operating a business in e-commerce that involves physical fulfillment, that's going to be the number one thing on their mind is actual freaking logistics. Once I was doing an interview for uh, Forbes, I think it was about doing business in New York City. And I said, what's one thing that people wouldn't think about that's you know tough about doing business in New York City? And I said, all the freaking garbage, <laughs> but literally garbage in terms of just getting someone to haul away the actual physical trash is such a nightmare to deal with. Like that's one small thing. You can imagine the logistics of trying to get thousands of bottles of hot sauce a day where they need to be, whether it's in stores or warehouses delivered to people's front porches that are, you know, uh, unbroken with the right product and the right time and warehouse shelves full and getting people showing up for shifts and just trucks moving every which way. There's so much logistics involved in actually scaling a business. It's so much easier when you're shipping out 10 packages a day and you're doing them yourself and you know exactly what's in each one. But now, you know, the, the complexity grows infinitely as the business scales. Um, but thankfully, there's there's a lot of good people out there who can help you, but there's also a lot of challenges waiting for you. And now with uh, those challenges, you guys are running your own warehouse yourself, I'm assuming? No, we stopped running our own warehouse back in uh, 20... I think it was like the end of 2017. Um, we started different 3PLs. We had a number of experiences of varying degrees of success and failure. Um, and now for the last couple of years, we've partnered or last few years, we've partnered with Shopify's fulfillment network. And that's been a really great partnership. We work very closely with the team there and uh, our customers are, are pleased with the results. Yeah. I was going to ask, uh, you know, is... I think that that's something in a, in a scaling business's mind that takes a lot of weight on a founder is like, when is the right time to move to a 3PL? Um, so do you have any kind of insight on on that journey? I think you'll know when <laughs> when the time is. And it depends also on the complexity of your business. You know, The simpler you can make things, then the simpler it'll be to pass that off to someone else. It's like, what do you want to spend your mind uh, on, your attention? You know, for so many years, that was our biggest concern. We didn't think about, you know, customer acquisition, marketing, any of that stuff, because I said it would be irresponsible of us to bring more customers into this if we're not shipping the orders out properly and we're not shipping them out when we want to. So we didn't think about that at all until we could properly scale. And we worked with a few different 3PLs and nothing really fit. And I was saying to uh, uh, Tyler, who's our COO now, um, saying, I think we might need to open a warehouse back up again. I said, we don't grow our own peppers because we have great farming partners who are super passionate about farming and who grow great peppers. We don't have our own kitchen because we have great manufacturing partners who have kitchens and who are super passionate about making hot sauce. I said, there's no way we're going to find somebody who's super passionate about putting bottles into boxes and slapping a label on them and shipping them out. What we ended up finding in Shopify fulfillment is people that are super passionate about helping entrepreneurs succeed. And knowing that 
it's not going to be perfect all the time. It, no one's perfect at 3PL, um, but that there's smart people who really care on the other end of that phone when things are not going well, that you can work through it together. That was the most, most important thing. Well, that's fantastic. It's actually, uh, you're one of the first people I've spoken to that are actually using the Shopify Fulfillment Network after they announced it. Uh, man, I was at Unite a few years ago when they announced it and we we're like, oh, this is going to be really cool. And then the pandemic hit and we're like, whoa. Yeah, we were one of the uh, the first partners. We work with them very closely. Like for us, we weren't, pardon my French, we weren't dicking around when it came to 3PL because we'd already had a couple failures. So we went to visit each of the warehouses to stand on the floor to see, okay, when someone's packing the boxes, what's it look like? What's the lighting? Where are the windows? Is there air conditioning? You know, how are the trucks getting here from the highway? How far is it to the distribution center from the post office? We went to Shopify headquarters in Ottawa to meet with the teams and the developers to see what the product was going to like. We kicked the tires really hard to make sure that this was going to work. Yeah. Um, and I'm glad that we did because it's been a really fruitful relationship since then. Yeah. And I'm sure that they're going to be very, very pleased to hear that. Uh, I'm going to share this over with some people that I know over there once the episode comes out. Um, Noah, I, I can't thank you enough for coming on the show. We've been talking so much about uh, the amazing products that you, you guys are producing. If so, what's your uh, what's your recommendation of the week? Not your favorite. Just like what's what, what's top of mind for the uh, a product on the site for uh, people to go check out? So uh, I talked about Heatness number one, our first anniversary sauce. And actually just last week, we launched Heatness number seven, celebrating the seven-year anniversary of the shop being open. And each year when we do these, since that first one with the Szechuan peppercorns, each year we make the anniversary sauce with an ingredient that's never been used in hot sauce before. So the new one is uh, pomegranate, pistachio, caraway, and lemon. That's an interesting flavor set, and uh, I look forward to trying it. Oh, yeah. Check out Heatness number seven. Awesome. Really beautiful, interesting flavors. Cool. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Yeah, absolutely, Chase. Thanks for having me. It's a lot of fun. All right. I can't thank our guests enough for coming on the show and sharing their knowledge and journey with us. We've got a lot to think about and potentially add into our own business. You can find all the links in the show notes. Make sure you head over to honestecommerce.co to check out all of the other amazing content that we have. Make sure you subscribe, leave a review. And obviously, if you're thinking about growing your business, check out our agency at electriceye.io. Until next time.